And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. This is a little gorilla episode. Shooting this on the fly because uh, <laughs> I forgot to shoot an episode on Friday. <laughs> uh, you know, we're celebrating the 4th of July for this great nation that uh, thinks everybody's equal uh, when it's not. When they're not. And uh, I, I, truth be told, I sat down. Uh, on Friday, and I was doing something else, a secret project that I will not talk about until it is either a pass or not, and um, and I you know, just completely forgot. Um, and I was home from work too, so I had all day. Like I, I had, I had, I went to the dentist on Thursday to have some uh, dental surgery done. Obviously, I wasn't going to record on Thursday, even if I my mouth was still numb, my tongue, the tip of my tongue is still a little bit numb, which is very scary. Uh, she, the well, my dentist, she is a woman. She, <laughs> she was uh, injecting some of the uh, ana- not anesthetic, the uh, the uh, Novocaine. I don't know. She was injecting some of the stuff into into where the tooth was gonna is on the bottom row of my back teeth, and so she's uh, gonna she's she's injecting something in there, and so the first the first round my 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 gums were numb, and then she's like, all right, well we have to do a little bit more just in case uh, this tooth. Uh, is uh, stronger than Novocaine or whatever. Not Novocaine, but whatever. So she does a second one, and she starts pushing, pushing, pushing. You know, she puts a needle in there. She starts pushing the medicine in, uh, the numbing juice in. And the numbing juice. (laughs) That might be a title. And she does it, and uh, obviously, the first round, I'm feeling this side go numb. But she's pushing the numbing juice in on the second round, and then my thumb, it's my thumb, my, my tongue, it's as if, there was uh, it hit a wall like I was lick I was licking ice cream and I hit like a a um um a cookie dough bite and like it was boom like that and it just it just half of it went numb and I went this can't can't be good then Thursday evening you know I can't I can't eat anything hard because this is it's it was still new and uh and like I'm like ch- I'm like chewing on this side and on my my left side and. And uh, and it's still numb. And it's Friday, it's still numb. And Friday night, it's still numb. Saturday, it's still numb. I'm eating a hot dog for the for the celebrating this great nation. <laughs> and today, still a little bit numb. I can feel things with it, but still a little bit numb. So that's what I'm dealing with. Hi, I'm Chad. <laughs> also, that and depression. But you know, it's we're all dealing with things. Uh, it, it's it's all it's so very strange to have that going on right now. Listen, let's get into it. Since this episode is very late, and uh, we're two minutes in, three minutes in. Also, I'm getting pretty far in Pokemon Sword. I'm all, I just beat the uh, Fire Gym person. They don't call them gym leaders anymore. They're like Trials or whatever. No, Trials is Sun and Moon, which I have still yet to beat. I keep my little tip. Little there's a little fact about me. I keep my 3ds, the the original 3ds, charged. Uh, and and Pokemon Sun still loaded up as if I'm going to sit down and play that game again. Now I really like that game, but playing even before playing Sword, it was it was so strange. I can't even hear myself right now. Let me turn myself up in the monitors. Uh, playing playing it right now is is just so so very odd. Yeah, maybe this will help. Maybe I should just turn myself up in the monitor instead of turning the microphone gain up. So speaking of microphones, Microsoft. This comes from The Verge. Written by Chris Welch. Microsoft is uh, to permanently close all of its retail stores. Uh, now, obviously, we're in the middle of COVID, the pandemic, and, and, and quarantine, and shutdowns, and all that stuff. And we knew some things were going to have to go. Some businesses were going to have to go fully online. 
Uh, some were not going to be businesses at all anymore. Cheesecake Factory filed for bankruptcy. But now we have uh, Microsoft is closing its physical stores. And much like the stores that like Apple has, much like the Apple stores, which it's only, I think it's closing like 77 of those for now. Um, and that's just for selling stuff. Microsoft had, you know, its Surface products out there, Xbox, all that type of stuff, and able to sell. But I don't, I'm, I'm not surprised that it's not, it wasn't bringing in a profit for them at this point. Uh, even even before, you know, the quarantine and shutdowns and everything, it, it, di- it didn't make sense for them to have uh, their stuff in a physical store location because people... People go to the Apple store to buy Apple products, to do the Apple thing. But Microsoft, its software is so ubiquitous with PC computing that it didn't matter if they had a physical store or not. Um, and when their phone business went down, when when that um, what was the phone the note when they bought Nokia and then that phone business went down too, when they had Microsoft tiles on the, the and they had you know the Windows interface on the phone, it did. At that point, it made sense, but now it just doesn't because they just don't. They don't have the not capital, but they don't have the the brands to have it all. Like if Dell had a store, I guess that would kind of make sense. But and what do you sell in a Microsoft store? What do you, you at a physical store? You sell laptops. You sell mice. <laughs> That's it for and, and Xbox stuff. But for Apple, you got uh, you got iPads, you got uh, iPhones, you got Apple Watches, you got all you got this and that and the other. Um, I should actually read from this. So those loca- so they're going to keep some locations open. Four locations that will be quote-unquote reimagined as experience centers, um, but they'll no longer sell stuff. The New York City location on Fifth Avenue, the London location, the Sydney location, and the Redmond campus because that's where Microsoft's uh, headquarters are in Redmond, Washington. Uh, but, but let's keep going. Um, there's no layoffs from this, so I, I don't know what they're going to do with the uh, physical people that are working there. Uh, th- this this thing is making noise in the mic in the headphone that I if I can hear if I can hear it on the headphone it's going to be something in the microphone um, or in the final product. So in April, Microsoft outlined in a blog post how many retail store how many retail store associates had shifted to remote work after their everyday jobs were sidelined. You know what? I can see them basically becoming tech support, working from home, and if they don't have to work from home, you know, in two years then they'll be in an office somewhere. But I can basically see everybody who worked at a Microsoft store, and I've only seen them in a mall, but I can see everybody working at a Microsoft store becoming tech support, essentially, because that's essentially what they were. And if, and if somebody needed to buy something, then maybe they can, uh, they can sell something to those people. So there you go. There's that. Uh, and then speaking of Apple, I, speak to, I, spoke, I speak of Apple earlier. The New York Times is going to pull out of Apple News. So I spoke last week about how Google News was going to Google was going to have uh, Google News um, pay for subscriptions to the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Business Insider, all the Reuters, 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 uh, all the other pay for read websites. Uh, the Atlantic, maybe I don't know, uh, Washington Post. Um, so that was going to happen. Ad week. That's going to happen. And Apple News has already been doing that. Apple's already been doing that for uh, for Apple News. Now, the thing about that is, uh, it has not been a profitable venture. People don't want to pay five dollars. Um, I know Wall Street Journal uh, they bury their they bury their news stories um, because, or they don't even, they don't even put the put the biggest stuff on there on Apple News because uh, it's just I mean, and this is speculation on my part, but it just might not be worth it. 
The New York Times said on Monday that it was exiting its partnership with Apple News, a news organization struggled to com- as news organizations struggle to compete with large tech companies for readers' attention and dollars. This is also written by Kellen Browning and Jack Nickus Nikus over at the New York Times. They wrote this. Uh, so you'll never. So right now, you you cannot see New York Times articles on Apple News uh, unless you pay for it. Unless you have the app. The Times is one of the first first media organizations to put it puts the lotion on its skin, or it gets the pull again. The hose again. The hose. It's a poll now for twenty twenty. Things are changing. People are becoming too sensitive. Also, COVID, so it's the hole. It's the hose. I give you the hole, too. Hey, my washer just kicked in. The Times, which has made adding new subscribers a key business goal, said Apple had given it little in the way of direct relationships with readers and little control over the business. It said it hoped to instead drive readers directly to its own website and mobile app so it could, quote, fund quality journalism. I don't know about that. Uh, and basically, I think I read somewhere that uh, The Times or somebody big or Washington Post or excuse me, Wall Street Journal was was not even giving uh, good articles to uh, The Times anyway. Oh, Peloton just emailed me. I have a weekly schedule up. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, they weren't giving decent articles to, to, to Apple News anyway. Um, Apple's aggressive promotion, this comes from the article, of Apple News on iPhones has given an, uh, it's an audience of roughly 125 million monthly readers. But I think they had like uh, some type of trial. I don't know how long the trial is. But counting, especially for Apple TV Plus, counting trial members right now, uh, Quibi, Disney Plus, counting trial members shouldn't, be a factor until three months out. So come November, come December, when my trial is up on Apple on Apple TV Plus, when everyone else's trial is up on Apple TV Plus, and no one is using it. I mean, I think I said when when the app is up. <laughs> um, so 125, roughly 125 million monthly readers is making or are using the app. But advertising in the app has generated little revenue for news organizations. For any subscriptions sold in the app, and this goes for every app, and I've mentioned this before, Apple also takes 30% cuts. Um, oh, so Apple News Plus is $10. I thought it was $5. So that's not worth it. $5 is a better deal for everybody, but $10, and they, and they get 30% of that? So $7 goes to the New York Times, goes to Washington Post, goes to Reuters. Still, many publishers... Wait, well, Apple told publishers that the service would deliver customers. um, What? That the service would deliver customers they wouldn't otherwise get. But many publications would be undercutting their own prices. Very true. Uh, I can attest the Wall Street Street Journal is $20 a month. (laughs) And and Apple's charging $10. And and what? You know, split. And they still wouldn't get a full $7 Wall Street Journal from me. I pay twelve fifty for New York Times, and uh, they would only be they'd be getting a percentage of that, if even. 
Still, many publishers took the gamble, including Wall Street Journal, Los Angeles Times, and Condé Nast, which is uh, in its own trouble, which publishes The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, and Wired. Months after its debut, many publishers were underwhelmed by the sales, according to Digiday, a digital news media site. Executives at the Times passed on Apple News Plus and later reduced the number of articles. That's what happened. Okay, so New York Times reduced the number of articles on uh, its applied to Apple News, period. In an interview with Reuters last year, Mark Thompson, the Times' chief executive, Warned other news organizations about the risk of teaming with Apple. I uh, we knew this is we knew this is happening. I, if you if you even follow uh, how Apple handles things in the App Store, period, um, it's it's kind of not a lucrative uh, deal for you. It seems like it is. It's not like you are uh, going back to Microsoft. You're not, uh, they have a thing called Game Pass, and you put your game on Game Pass for and someone pays ten dollars a month. Uh, or, or you know, sixty dollars for three months or something like that. It's something stupid. Oh, fifteen dollars a month and then six. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But someone pays that little money, and they get access to over a hundred games. You know, from anything from uh, something as recent as NBA Two K Twenty and Red Dead Redemption Two down to Xbox Three Sixty games like uh, Pac Man Ultimate Championship Edition Two. I don't know if that's on there, uh, or the Kingdom for Keflings. <laughs> But people get these deals, and uh, some for some companies. I know for for Microsoft, they they if a game is released on Game Pass, uh, they pay the publishers a decent amount of money. You're, they're not the publishers aren't allowed to say, but it's a it's a good chunk of money. But for others like Apple, they take a huge percentage. And you know, and the same thing might be for Microsoft. They might take a huge percentage of the cuts, but. Uh, but Apple, everything is advertising dollars to them. Uh, I know I read something earlier this week that said, or I read the headline of something rather, that said um, Apple uh, is looking for games on Apple Arcade, their their subscription game service on iPad and iPhones, uh, that games that engage people. So if your game doesn't engage people and cause them to play essentially every single day or more often than not, then they're they're just not going to put your game the game on service. Um, and that's why games like uh, that one side scrolling game, I can't remember, but uh, Exit the Gungeon, the sequel to Enter the Gungeon, that's why games, I guess, kind of started on there. Um, but then they obviously ported to PS4 and Xbox and Switch and the PC. Uh, it, it, just, the, it just doesn't, a lot of this does not bode well for working with Apple. Uh, if you if you're some if you're a company and if you're a young company, I mean, you know, if you're Dodge Roll, uh, who who the publishers of um, Exit the Gungeon, I mean, yeah, you've you are you have like what ten fifteen games out already on these consoles and Steam and PC and all that stuff, but is it a lucrative proposition for you to team up with Apple and say, okay, for a year exclusivity, people can play because Apple. Uh, arcade's been out for a year uh, five dollars a month you, you get access to all these games but for a year people can play our game only on the ipad and the iphone but is that enough there are other games on uh you know what i have the ipad in front of me there are other games on the apple arcade that are very interesting that i i tapped on this app seven times and it did not bring it up uh that are very interesting but i mean the splash screen here is unlimited access to a hundred plus ad free games, no in ad in app purchases. Uh, but is that does that? I mean, are people looking for that? Do do people want to pay five dollars a month to? I mean, maybe the casual gamer, but not the not the person who's paying for PlayStation Plus or uh, Nintendo Online, Nintendo Switch Online, or um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. 
Like, yeah, you have the SpongeBob Patty game on here, but it looks like every other Spon- it's a SpongeBob side scroller, an auto runner looks like it. So it looks like uh, you got a Pac-Man party game on there, you know? It's but you have to- Sonic Racing, Ocean Horn 2, which is a sequel to a, a a pretty decent mobile game, but Rayman Mini, which you know, Ubisoft loves to kill Rayman, Rayman like this. But I mean, at some point it's just it's not going to be the the greatest deal anymore. Uh, and nobody and f- nobody wants to do this. <sighs> I mean, if you have Apple TV and you can play those games on there, maybe. But otherwise, no. Listen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to do the rest of the episode. And welcome back to the show. I didn't even count down that time. I just went in like this. If you ever see me looking off to camera right, it is uh, me looking at the monitor. Making sure that I uh, am uh, in on the screen. I a little fact about me <laughs> today. Uh, my my friend is uh, he's a nurse, and uh, and I don't get to see him often because he's he's usually working a lot. But he invited me to his pool, so I had been at the pool truly before coming in here and sitting down. I just hopped out of the shower, uh, so I've been out. So it's six o'clock now. I got home at like five thirty. I and I, I threw a potato in the oven. I was like, I'm going to make this episode of Constitutionals because I forgot to make it. We had been in the pool since like maybe 1.30. I never stay out that long. Also, it was hot. It was hot today in Atlanta. The, the, the sun was out. Clouds were in their homes, so they were not in the sky. <laughs> but it's going to rain the rest of the week. So I thought, you know what? Might as well go out. Also, I didn't do anything uh, this weekend. Uh, the 4th was not celebrated by me. <laughs> oh, also, Hamilton is on Disney+. Plus. Um, so for us poor people who were not able to see that show... I'm very glad to watch it. I have not seen it yet. Uh, I have a, I've listened to the album since it came out, since before it came out, from Never Not Funny. Oh, my God. Is my shirt reversed in the... Uh, oh, no. This is on TV. Oh, yeah. You can read it. Never Not Funny. Oh, my gosh. I'm wearing a Never Not Funny shirt. This is... Uh, and they're, they're the guys that showed me to Hamilton. They had Anthony Rapp on way before the show came out. And Anthony Rapp came on the show, on the podcast, and said, this is going to be a big show. And uh, and then, you know, lo and behold, that fall when it bowed on Broadway, whoo, man, it exploded. And I bought the uh, the album. I spent money on that album before I even saw the show, before I even knew what the show was about. But I knew Lynn from um, Lynn Manuel from uh, Miranda from uh, <laughs> Freestyle Love Supreme because it was a show on uh, CISO at the time. This is how far back this was. 2015. <laughs> Or 14. CISO was a big thing. Remember CISO? I used to talk about CISO a lot. All right. Speaking of Broadway. New York Times. This comes from. Written by Michael Paulson. Broadway is going to remain closed for the rest of the year. So I'd been doing uh, episodes of News Time about, uh, uh, you know, things that were closed down during the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, coronavirus pandemic. So... You know, uh, Broadway shut down, movie theaters shut down, movies aren't coming back, uh, TV show production shut down, uh, music, how everything was affected. So each episode, so some episodes were just like about one of those different things. And I uh, did an episode about Broadway and and Broadway was supposed to come back in July-ish. And same thing for movie theaters, supposed to come back in July-ish or August-ish. Then got pushed back to September. Uh, Movies got pushed back to September too as well. And... So that means episodes of news time that I had planned out have been pushed back, like fully planned out. 
everything's ready to go. I just got to shoot it. Uh, and, uh, or write and then shoot. But so now all that to say, Broadway is going to be done until 2021. And, uh, the Broadway league announced last Monday that theater owners and producers will refund or exchange tickets previously purchased for shows through January 3rd. Given the unpredictability of the coronavirus pandemic that has promoted the shuttering of Broadway, the league said it was not yet ready to specify exactly when shows would reopen. So there's no date. Uh, I, you know, and there were, there are some streaming, there's like two Broadway streaming services that would stream uh, in the past couple of months, Broadway shows, not live, but I would think that they could put on these types of shows uh, specific, more specifically at the time of this recording, Conan O'Brien <laughs> is going, is going to host his uh, show at Largo at Coronet in Los Angeles with a small crew. And I assume Andy as well. Uh, so he's still, he's going to be back in the theater. He's just not going to be back at uh, Warner brothers on the Warner brothers lot. Uh, so I would think that, you know, much like they're doing for the NBA, MLS, uh, MLB, and for the NFL, put, these people put these actors in a bubble and you know for i don't know a month just put them in a bubble and say and put their families in a bubble and charge you know the same exuberant prices uh for your tickets and do the shows on stage in theaters but have like broadcast keys for the people who want to pay for it and watch it uh that would be wonderful and you know uh i understand the legitimacy of that would be difficult to adhere to. However, counterpoint, wouldn't it be the way that uh, digital screeners are now held? So like if there's a screener for a Netflix movie or a Warner Brothers movie or a Paramount movie and you're somebody in the Academy and you and you have that screener, uh, the what used to happen was people would get DVDs in the mail, which still kind of does happen. Uh, like Marvel's Mrs. Maisel apparently sent a giant pink suitcase to literally everybody in the television Academy, but uh, filled with, you know, the discs that you could easily just watch the episodes of on Amazon prime. But uh, you know, people, they, they, they watch those discs with their family, but you know, that's just kind of, that's the risk you have to take with uh, these Broadway streams. I, you know, set up a website. I point to my computer. That's to the, my right. Set up a website, you know, broadwaystreams.net. <laughs> that's not like a, a tour, uh, 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 what's it called? Um, a tour, a tour? No, not tour. Uh, people uh, download torrent. It sounds like a torrenting website. Um, boy, I haven't, oh, Jesus. TV and movies are so easy to get now. You don't need to, and music, you don't need to torrent anything. Although I have been looking for um, It's Gary Shandling Show because the DVD is uh, truly thousands of dollars. So thus far, three shows, the Disney uh, musical Frozen, which had opened in 2018, a new Martin McDonough uh, play called Hangman, Hangman, and a revival of Edward Albee's Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which I, I, I had heard good things about, both of which were in previews, had announced that they will not uh, presume, resume performances and uh, when Broadway reopens. I, Broadway is a, uh, is a little bit more tricky compared to movies and TV shows, which are now have the green light to start going back uh, later this year. Um, these, sh- these shows, these people work on you know Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf for so long, and for this to hit, and you can't do it. Because uh, 
you know, you make a movie, it, it can play anywhere. You can put it on stream, you can put it in a theater, you can do a limited run on both, um, put it on DVD or Blu-ray. But for these plays, you know, and musicals, there's no, there, everything is scheduled, you know, meticulously. You know, we're going to have, um, we're going to have a, a Spider-Man <laughs> turn off the dark play for uh two months and then and then it's gone and then we're gonna have hamilton uh, in the theater and then we're gonna have you know you can only do so much um so this uh, this stinks for the people especially those who don't have you know it the the actors don't have the money but the producers do so it sucks for the for the actors who have to get unemployment during this time and they're all in new york and they don't know when their next job they truly don't know where the next job is going to be um so yeah uh, that's, that's a, I have nothing else to add to that. <laughs> uh, so I did a news time episode about Broadway closing. You can definitely check that out. I linked to it in the uh, show notes. And the last thing I want to talk about is a podcast called the nod, which is a black culture podcast. Um, so if you're offended by either of those two words, then just turn off the podcast now. <laughs> uh, they, the, the creators of that show, the hosts, Brittany Luce and Eric Eddings, want their show off they want to own their show so the show is uh produced by gimlet media which is now owned by spotify this comes from the verge called the hosts of the non want spotify to hand over their podcast this is written by ashley carman it's a very good piece talking jesus god it just it just popped because the thing was plugged in the ipad anyway the nod the uh the they they are ticked off that spotify controls uh you know, everything essentially that they do now. Um, they want to expand the nod. They want to turn it into, you know, maybe a TV show, maybe a book deal, uh, you know, things things that people turn podcasts into or things that, you know, TV shows can turn into. They You want to be able to expand. You want to be able to own the brand. Like in this in the late 90s, uh, in, their, in the 90s period, when The Simpsons had um, music CDs out and they had uh, branded DVDs that had like certain episodes from certain seasons, you know, a Christmas, a Christmas DVD with like five episodes, Christmas episodes, you know, um, they had games with uh, that starred Bart, you know, Bart versus the aliens, I believe, or, you know, the different, different brands for The Simpsons. And now they don't do that anymore uh, for good reason. But, you know, The Simpsons game was really good. The last one that came out in 2007, um, that was really good. They came out with them around the same time as the movie. That was a good year for the Simpsons stuff. And then season 20 started too. Anyway, got to keep going. So Brittany Luce, uh, I hope I'm saying her name right, tweeted that, uh, tweeted, I'll read a tweet. It's a thread. I'll just read the two tweets though. <laughs> They're <laughs> targeted. Uh, Even as we host a visual version of The Nod, we have to ask permission to host, uh, to post to The Nod's podcast feed, which holds 100 plus episodes that we poured everything into. They comply, but that we even have to ask is a reminder of just how wild the imbalance of power in our industry is. Uh, that show bears our faces. It's about the unique lens through which Eric and I see the world. It's critically acclaimed, beloved, and more relevant than ever. It's derivative of a show we created before even we uh, we even heard of Gimlet. Do we not deserve to own a fraction of it? And I want to go back to what she said. It is, uh, she said specifically... Uh, that we even have to ask as a reminder of just how wild the imbalance of our pow- the power of industry is. Uh, earlier there, this week, it was rumored that Scripps was looking to sell off uh, Stitcher Premium, which is the uh, premium version of Earwolf Podcast, where there's extra podcasts, you can get the back catalog, 
Uh, you pay $5 a month or $35 a year. You get, you know, back catalogs and, uh, and news uh, podcasts. Um, but we have seen in the time that Stitcher came up and Howl before that, um, we have seen things like, um, what is the one where uh, Hannibal Burr's podcast? Hannibal Burr's podcast is on, um, oh, God. Oh, speaking of Hannibal Burris, he put out his uh, new stand-up special on YouTube, so check it out. Handsome Rambler is on, oh, God, Luminary. So Luminary is charging $8 a month for a specific podcast. I think, like, Guys We Effed, which uh, which is a, uh, that and Barstool Sports. Uh, Lena Dunham's podcast, Hannibal Burris' podcast, Trevor Noah's podcast, and a bunch of other shows hosted by famous people are on Luminary and you can only get them on Luminary and it's $8 a month and you have to use a specific specific app for this. Uh, You know, gatekeeping a podcast is not good. When Spotify obviously has uh, deals and plans for only putting out podcasts on Spotify, so you have to be forced to use that as your all-in-one audio thing. When you have Pocket Cast, when you have, uh, I don't know, WeCast, I don't know different, you know, Apple Podcasts, we have Google Podcasts, uh, people want to use the apps they want to use. It's, I mean, it's frustrating. And and now, you know, when you have, and this is not to knock Conan, but when you have shows like his or Dak Shepard's podcast, uh, people come out and do these shows. Justin Long's podcast, I can only assume, is doing well. Uh, Jenna Fisher and, um, oh God, The Office Ladies podcast. Uh, uh, what is her name? <laughs> this is so embarrassing. God, now I have to look this up. The Office Ladies. It's a show I had not listened to. I listened to one episode of, and I said no more. Angela Kinsey. When you have when you have you know these famous people coming and doing these shows, and they're getting all of the advertising daughters and uh, daughters, the advertising daughters. <laughs> there we go. That's the that's the title of this episode. Thirty fifty one. Okay. Uh, but when they have the advertising dollars, and when shows like Never Not Funny can't you know, uh, or you know shows like uh, uh, Doughboys have to go to Patreon to get their money. Um, yeah, it's just it's just it's just not a good look for the industry, and it's so unregulated. There's no there's no podcast union yet. Uh, we have a writers union, we have a directors union, a producers union, but there's no podcast union. Uh, and this is not to say there there won't be, there will be at some point in the future. But for now, it's such an unregulated mess, and it'll and the power will fall to the companies that are getting the big advertiser dollars in the in the long run. Uh, so loose nettings are the, are only two of the podcasters who have begun speaking out about the constraints of their podcasting contracts, which were written before they hosted successful shows. Uh, there's people at, um, Buzzfeed's now canceled another round. Uh, there's a show from Misha Youssef who, uh, had a show covering Muslims lives in the U S is now owned by Southern California's KP KPCC, uh, everybody wants to own their own cat. You should be able to own your own stuff. It's like Taylor Swift or any other musician wanting to own the masters of their music. Of course you want to own the masters. You don't, you, you want to, 
it's bad for another company to say, okay, you can't make a show, but we're going to make a best of of your show. Uh, Misha, Misha, Misha Youssef tweeted, and while we're sharing experiences, this is uh, commenting on Brittany Luce's tweets, a uh, thread. I don't own a single percent of Tell Them I Am. That's her podcast. It's a podcast largely based on my story. I pitched it in my first week as an employee at KPCC. KPCC. I was 24. I didn't know anything about IP representatives. And that's the key, the key words, IP representative. If you don't own the IP to your own show, then, I mean, it's you're going to be in for a, a, a whirlwind of uh, litigation. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, definitely, definitely check out this, uh, this one. It's a uh, very, very detailed thing about podcasting. You'll get, and you'll understand uh, the podcasting world or why some shows don't, you know, branch out or why uh, they, why they don't make TV shows. Uh, that's the reason. This is the reason. Um, but hey, Listen, I got to go. If you like what you heard here, saw here, head on over to uh, cpluscomedy.com where there's so many great interviews um, that hopefully the people I've emailed <laughs> will get back to me with the interview questions I wrote them and had to email them. <laughs> if you want to see a video version of this show, head to youtube.com slash cpluscomedy where you can also see the premiere show for uh, C Comedy called News Time. We just had our 300th episode. Definitely check it out. It's a roast of me and the show as hosted by the other chads um, uh, that are characters on the show. Definitely check it out. I spent a lot of time on it and I can't believe I've done 300 episodes of a show that no one's seen. Although a lot of people have told me they've seen it, which is a lie. <laughs> so definitely check it out. If you like this show, subscribe, rate on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about it. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Seamless Comedy. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. And please stay safe out there in this time of COVID. This is the end of the show. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. <laughs>